Welcome to the Jeff and Alex podcast. I am Jeff Hillemeyer, and with my friend, Alex Gonzalez, we explore topics that help you be your best self. And we also get to chat with some great guests. So join us now on the Jeff and Alex podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Jeff and Alex podcast. Jeff Hillemeyer, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Alex? Oh, it's great. I'm just another guest that I'm just ecstatic about because she's a friend. And that, that's probably the first part that I'm just excited to hang out with Melissa Proctor here today. Oh, my gosh. I've been jealous of your interview, which was so great um, on Disruptor Studio with with Melissa. And I've been waiting to get a chance to have her on our podcast so I can er- interview her a little bit. Um, she's phenomenal. I can't wait to hear what she talks about with her new book. Um, what's going? You know what her plans are for her career. There's so much to get into. Oh yeah, and, and it's it's great. Um, she is as authentic of a person as you will find. And you know, I loved it. And I think we spent over an hour doing the Disruptor Studio. And so I'm looking forward to today because I mean, I felt like we just scratched the surface. And, you know, of course, we'll be talking about this uh, a great book of hers that she launched. So with that, let's not delay. Let's get Melissa Proctor here on the Jeff and Alex podcast. Hey, Melissa. Hello and welcome to the Jeff and Alex podcast. How are you doing? I am great. I'm very excited to be here today. So thank you for the invite. Oh, my gosh. We've been circling this on the calendar for weeks. Uh, it's going to be so <laughs> awesome to chat with you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is crazy. Yeah, as we were saying, it's just like. It's hanging out in, in the new world. Yeah, literally. Yeah. So we want there's so many directions we could take this with you. Um, and with our short amount of time, we, we absolutely want to focus on the book. So I have my copy handy right here. So you're not going to see There it is. Got mine right behind me. Exactly. <laughs> it's a beautiful book. Um, but I guess for, for those that don't know. My favorite you, part. Oh, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's blank. <laughs> I got you, Jeff. I got you. I got you. Hey, hey Wilson, I'm doing a podcast with Jeff. He's yet to sign his books for me. What? And we're like, I'm just saying. I get is a, co- a Dragon Army coffee mug. That's all. But. <laughs> no, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you you wrote this book while being the CMO of the Hawks, being a mother, with being involved in all the nonprofits that uh, that you work on. How long did it take you to write uh, from ball girl to CMO? You know, that's a great question because I didn't set out to write a book initially. It started out as a, a blog on Medium. And so much of it was just trying to put a story down in case anything ever happens to me. My daughter would know a little bit about my history and what happened and how I became the person that she knows, um, but never intended for it to be a book. So long answer is probably like four years and change, but you know, the actual book writing process, once I made that decision was closer to two years. You know, it's, it's, it's funny because, uh, you know, I, of course I'm, I feel so inferior here because both of you are published authors now. I'm, I'm oh, here working stop. on a book and, and, and Jeff, I remember, and I always love when I'm right, you know, Jeff's wrong, but in this case, you know, Jeff was telling me a little while back, as I said, oh, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to get, I'm going to dig in and I'm going to get it done in like, you know, six months. He's like, that's ah, going to take you a few years. Just matter of factly. And here we are, like, it's getting there. So I definitely appreciate the four years. <laughs> what was a trigger point then for you in terms of, you know, in that inflection point, you're blogging and all that, but what was that kind of point where you said it, it, it's time to do this? You know, it's, it was interesting because even from before I, I got to the Hawks, whenever I would speak and do any kind of 
you know, have conversations with whether it's senior executives or, you know, young professionals, I would talk about my story and how I started out as a ball girl for the Miami Heat, even during my years at Turner Broadcasting. And everyone would always say, you should write a book. And I never thought that I was that interesting or my story was that interesting. And so, you know, throughout the process of uh, writing the blog, I was still doing a couple of talks every now and then people would invite me and I kept hearing it. And I'm like, you know what, maybe I should. And I had this kind of epiphany one day. I was talking um, to to someone about my mother and they had asked me a question about something that happened before I was born. And I was like, I have no idea. And I realized I only knew her. My mom was 42 when she had me and I was her first and only child. And so everything that happened prior to 42 or even Mm. 45 or 46 before I really could have a conversation with her, I would have to piece together two other people. And so uh, she passed away before my daughter was born. And I just realized I had all these questions. But after my daughter was born, they, I even had more, you know, in a different way as you have different stages of life. And so, you know, the whole idea for me of putting down this blog, and I sucked at blogging. I mean, I tried. I probably said, I'm going to write an entry a month to your point. Like, oh, yeah. And after a year, I had like three. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I said, maybe it would be better for me to actually put this in a book and concentrate the efforts on telling a complete story. Um, and I had met, there was a local contact I was talking to around some work and he mentioned he was working on a book. And I was like, oh, really? I was thinking of doing something. And he said, let me introduce you to a local publisher. I know a woman named uh, Renita Bryan. And I said, okay, Mind Matters Publishing. I said, oh, that sounds good. A year later, <laughs> never got a chance to connect and ended up reconnecting for something. And he's like, oh yeah, by the way, I didn't forget you you know, yeah, let's set up this lunch. And so we ended up setting up this lunch. And that was literally the beginning because once I actually had a writing partner and a process, you know, for distribution that made all the difference in the world because it made it real. Yeah. And, and, and probably helped with accountability, I'm guessing too, right? A hundred percent. And even with the accountability, it was more in partnership because initially I went into that project and, you know, Renita and her team were fantastic. And we said, hey, no, this is the package. This is what we want to work on. This is what, how we can help you and edit. You, or do you want to do the writing? And I was like, absolutely. I'm going to write a chapter a month, <laughs> a year later again. <laughs> and so it was great because she would ping me and say, hey, Melissa, you know, where's your work? Where, you know, where are we? And so it, it was helpful because after that first year, I said, look, you know, I need some help I, in order for this to really get done. And it was helpful for me just in the different tools and tricks that they have, whether it's dictation, having someone listen, interview you, pull stuff out. You know, it still required a lot more research, even though the book is about me going back through old photographs, you know, having conversations with family members, really kind of piecing together what I remember things being as opposed to what really happened and the stories in between. Um, So it was a really interesting process. And I think, you know, getting the story out was almost the easy part, but putting the book together and figuring out chapters and naming and, you know, pricing strategies are all these things I had never even thought about. And the irony was we had gone through all these different parts in the process. I got to the end and we were approving creative for, I think the cover. And I was writing a synopsis with her and we were editing the synopsis back and forth. And she was like, okay, you're done. And I was like, wait, what? Like, what, what do you mean done? Like, this is a lifetime process. <laughs> we're just going. And she was like, no, I mean, I, I think we're in a good place. You know, you're, you're done. 
Um, you know, I don't want to belittle you at all, but have you thought about marketing? And I had not given one <laughs> thought about marketing the book, even though the book is called you know, CMO, because that wasn't my goal. You know, it was like, I finally have this artifact that I wanted to have for my daughter to tell this story. And so it's been an amazing journey. Just the people that I've met, conversations I've been able to have, would never think in a million years that it would have happened. And it's interesting, you mentioned something about you were trying to remember stuff about your own life as you started going through this. So how was that process? I mean, did you, was it sitting down and really extracting memories? Did you talk to your family? Because I think that's, because by the way, it also makes me feel like there's so much I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't remember this. There's something that happened in this life, but but we don't naturally categorize or write our own book as our as we as we live our lives. Exactly. You know, it was a little bit of your own trips down memory lane. I talked to my yeah. dad a lot. So even in the beginning of my book, I talk about awesome. you know growing up in Richmond Heights and going through Hurricane Andrew, which you and I had discussed yeah. previously, and you know, remembering the names of our neighbors. And I was like, oh yeah, wasn't it this? But I was like, oh no, it was this. He's 80. So I kind of take some of that with a grain of salt. But I, I think it was, it was even fun just having those conversations and reliving some of that. You know, my cousin, Cecily, I dedicated the book to her in part and she helped me a ton. Like as while I was editing, I would send her chapters and she would be like, hey, you should talk about this. Remember your mom used to do this. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. So that part was great. It was almost like reliving it. And and it, so I find it so interesting. You wrote the book essentially for your daughter, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things in Steve King, Stephen King's book on writing, where he sort of talks about his process, he says, you should write for one person. And that creates the the That's most fair. sort of singular, concise story. And I felt that in reading this that I could I, I didn't I couldn't tell that you wrote it for your daughter, although you sort of say that, but I could tell that it was it it didn't switch around in terms of who it was trying to talk to. And I really appreciated that about the book. The other thing I found interesting um and really um helpful is that it it's part autobiography, but also I would say part sort of leadership and uh living a life of um, I wouldn't say focus as much because you're very kind of deliberate about saying, look, I didn't have like a master plan. I think you've told me I didn't set out to be a CMO and yet your book literally as CMO right on the cover. Right. And so, um, but you do such a, such a great um, job through the book of talking about your life and your stories and then weaving in the lessons you learned, which then guided you along the way. And when you set out, did you, was that sort of the plan or was it like, I'm just going to write sort of my story? it was very much the plan because my blog started out in that way. Mm -hmm. And it was here are random tidbits or stories or experiences that I had. And I think I forgot what I called them in the blog, but it was like my kind of keys to the game or takeaways from each blog entry that I wrote. And I, I'm a very much a cliff notes kind of girl. So even the book itself, I was like, we're not trying to write gone with the wind here. Like the, the idea was, how do we keep it short, succinct to the point? I want her to actually read it and maybe go back and read it again. And a lot of times really big business books or even memoirs can be overwhelming for some people. Like you look at it and it just kind of sits there because it looks like too much to get through. Or I've had more comments than anything from people saying, oh my God, I actually read the whole thing. Like it's been years since I read a whole book. It was an easy read and I got so much from it. That was absolutely the goal. But it's like, let me give you this story, but here's what you really just need to take away. And I'm glad that you got that from it because in writing it for her, it was, I want you to know the stories, but here's the stuff that I really learned that I hope 
you don't have to do the same missteps or have to go through the experiences that I had to. You kind of have a a, a leg up because hopefully you'll know this based on my experience. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, but listen, first of all, just kind of a shameless plug here, but of course you and I had a conversation uh, not that long ago in disru- for the Disruptor Studio, and we'll put a link uh, in our show notes here, and Jeff tells me it's his absolute favorite podcast ever, and I think, you know, he's rating it five stars, or he will be shortly if he has it already, but uh, Thanks, but, um, but one thing about, even in the series, but I think of so much in your book is about how authentic you are. And I mean, it's, it's the first time I met you. I think it was the marketing roundtable or something. Yeah. I mean, your authenticity was like, you know, I don't know what, even what the conversation was. It's just very clear that you're uh, confidently authentic. And I think authenticity also ties to vulnerability, being comfortable being vulnerable. But talk a little bit about within the book, because this is like vulnerable, not just at a professional level, like it's okay to challenge me, whatever. I mean, you're getting into kind of your life and things that, you know, as a teenager, maybe you didn't want to talk about. I mean, so talk about that level. How was it hard to get to that level of vulnerability for the book? You know, that's a really great question because in writing it, there were chapters that I took out and it was kind of going through the editing Mm. process. We're like, well, should we really like, does that help to tell a story or are you just putting in information for the sake of wanting to have verbal diarrhea, like to tell everything. And I am naturally a pretty open person. I don't know why, but I also feel like that, that authenticity or that openness is what makes it relatable. My story, when I speak to people, as well as in reading it, I've had people say, I read it, I felt like you were talking to me. This then the word choice and, and everything else. And I don't know how to be anything else but who I am and how I am. And so in talking about that in the book, it's almost like it's part of the subject matter and the topic. But if you can't be that in the actual document itself, that kind of defeats the purpose. And so you know, it wasn't difficult for me to share, but what I honestly didn't think about to Jeff's earlier point on writing it for my daughter, I was writing it for her. So that's my mm-hmm. audience. Yeah, I didn't expect for my colleagues to read it and, you know, people on my team to read it. And they're like, oh my gosh, Melissa, I didn't realize that you did this or that happened. And I, <laughs> so that part has been interesting for me because I, it's almost unintended circumstance, but not in a bad way. Because now it opens up dialogue for new conversations that, you know, I've had people who were my family members or friends, like, I had no idea that you did this when you were in London or that, you know, you created this magazine to get your job at Turner. So it's almost like people have a different knowledge or awareness of me um, in different ways. But, you know, I still think there's, you, you have a private life and there's still more personal things, obviously, it's an entire lifetime. <laughs> but I, I think there's definitely two, a lot two. more in it than I really thought I was exposing or giving away, but now I mean, hey, it's in the world. It is, it's a testimony and I'm grateful to be able to share it. Yeah. It's so funny. You, you talk about people saying, you know, I didn't know this about you. Um, you know, I wrote, um, I write my books in first person, but they're not really me, but they're sort of me. And so I say <laughs> that to say so many people have said that based on my books, like, Oh, I didn't know you did this. And I'm like, no, actually that was made up or the first time was a friend of mine was a friend of mine asked for advice. She said, Oh, I love how you run your teams th- with this model. Can you help me? Cause I'm really bad at that. And I was like, actually, I'm really bad at that. I wrote that because it's something I wish I was doing. <laughs> so at least you have truth out there about you. I, I've got all this misperception. <laughs> um, but, 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 but the vulnerability, it seems like though, I, 
it, it, you know, I think for anybody who's a writer or a speaker or a blogger, it, it, once you get the, once you open up that level of vulnerability, it's almost empowering. It seems like, and and it's not that it's a secret. I know it just seems like an empowering. Which so much. Oh, there we go. We got the true story. The person <laughs> you wrote the book for. This uh-huh. is my daughter Marley. Hi Marley. Yeah. Hey Marley. Said hi Marley. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a, she's our first special guest on the show, I believe. She, you know, she would love to be here and would tell you all about what she learned in Spanish class today as we've been homeschooling. But that is where we are. Has, has she has she picked up and flipped through the book? Because we could ask her a question about that. Yeah, you know, you know, it's okay. It's okay. all right. I think okay. now that she's six, we're gonna wait a couple <laughs> years for her to truly be able to, to get it on twenty because she wanted to read it um as a bedtime story and i was like sure we can start and we got through maybe the first couple pages she's like yeah mommy let's read harry potter like she was just (laughs) she was over it um but it's funny because in my mind i feel like she would could pick this book up at different stages of her life and get completely different Mm -hmm. things yeah just based on where she is and so i'm excited for that yeah wait till she's a teenager she's going to use things against you probably oh absolutely (laughs) I, i don't doubt that for one minute One of them, and I'm glad she poked her head in because this, that relates to my next question. So you list out five guiding principles that have sort of led you over the last 10 or 15 years. And, um, the last one is that, um, you know, no matter what you're deciding, um, specifically towards career, um, that you must have work-life flexibility slash harmony. And I just wanted to ask you about work-life harmony. Again, I started off this, this whole conversation with like, I think of you as doing lots of different things and then to write a book in the middle of it. Um, I know how, how much uh, being a parent means to you. How did you, how, how do you just think about work-life harmony? Do, do you shut it off a certain time? Do you have different sort of strategies for that? My philosophy has always been that life comes before work regardless. Life comes before nonprofit work. Life comes before nine to five work. And I started that belief based on my mother, because I mentioned I was an only child. When I started college, she went out on disability. And so my entire college career and post-grad, you know, my time at Turner Broadcasting, I spent as a caregiver for a disabled parent. And so I learned more about Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid than most people would know before the age of 30. But there were times she had a stroke when I was uh, maybe... And man, I was probably like a manager level at Turner and had to go to Florida for almost a month to help relocate her from a a condo she was living in to an assisted living facility. And there was no one else to do anything for her but me. And I had the most grace and flexibility at the time in working with my then boss, Jennifer Dorian, and still maintained a ton of the work that I had to do. But knowing that I could give my all to my family when necessary. And when I'm at work, I can give my absolute best as well. And and knowing that it will never be equal. So, you know, that whole idea of like, it's balanced, you're definitely giving all at same. There's there's no way. But at the times where I need to be for my family, I can 100% be there. So now I equate it to, you know, if my daughter has to go to a dance recital on Tuesday at four o'clock, I need to be in in a work environment or even a personal environment where, the people around me understand that that's my priority. And I do the same for my teams. I'm like, mm-hmm. we work in basketball. We, we're not playing on the court. So, you know, outside of that, you can't make something. It's okay. Our CEO will miss something. It is okay. And I do think in some cultures and work environments, that's not acceptable or it's frowned upon because, you know, it's really, we all have to be here. You don't sleep, you work, you grind. 
I definitely believe that there are times for that. But if anything happens personally, family-wise, it has to come before that. Mm-hmm. It's just my yeah, mindset. And if I'm ever in a position where someone doesn't believe that, that's great. It just doesn't, that's not the place where I need to be. And, and what's interesting, I think you bring such a great leadership lesson and perspective to it. When we were talking before, you also talked about one of the things that just surprises you or is almost kind of a pet peeve is when people are too in awe to to approach you. You know, they're like, oh, you're Melissa Proctor. You seem, and, and you've noticed it and you're always in awe and shock, but it goes to show you as a leader how even as hard as you try, and you are, I mean, I will tell everybody watching and listening, Melissa is as authentic as she gets. She is so approachable, so engaging. But yeah, you have experiences where where people, I don't know, I don't know if they call it intimidation or what it is, yeah. but but that happens. So so I guess it's important how you model your life so people could have follow what you do. I remember when I first started at Turner, there was a young lady on the team who literally came up to me and said, I'm so glad that you're here and you're in this position because I never thought that I could be a woman and a leader in this company because all of the women who either had children and were working, you know, highly competitive jobs or where they had to be on game days, they all switched roles once they had a family because there was no balance necessarily in doing both or the perception of it. I do think a lot of times, even the intimidation of me, it's what the (laughs) stories that people have in their head, you know, or what they perceive me to be. And nine out of 10 times and folks that have said that to me after the fact are like, oh man, but you're so cool. You know, I wish I set up this time with you sooner because I thought this. And it could be based on a title. It could be based on perception, could be based on what other people have said. Um, But at the end of the day, until you are in the experience for yourself, completely different ballgame. Man, it's so crazy to me because I've known you for so long that... um, people wouldn't immediately know that you're approachable, even in meetings, because I've been in meetings with you um, in the business world where, you know, lots of people didn't know each other. And I I just feel like your whole vibe is approachable, but I guess, you know, success sort of just, that's a thing. People are always nervous. So weird to me, you know, and I realized that actually when I first started with the Hawks, because I was a VP of, you know, content and marketing when I was at Turner. And when I got laid off, I mean, I was eight months pregnant had no clue what I was going to do. And I ended up, you know, at the Hawks in a more senior role, but having grown up in a company like Turner and now Warner media as an intern to VP, I had a lot of peers and relationships with people that grew over time. So, you know, lunches, happy hours, friends that you can make coming into a company at a senior level completely changes the dynamic because now everyone is looking at you from a different perspective. So there isn't the, Hey, let's, go hang out and be friends because either you're the boss, like it's a very different dynamic because I didn't have that same opportunity of growing, you know, not even up the ladder or around the company. And I've made great relationships and there are people who are amazing and I'm incredibly blessed and fortunate to work in the organization, but I grew uh, corporately and professionally at the same time. And, you know, what got you here won't get you there. And there's a lot of those learnings that, you know, hopefully some of it is in the book, but, so much more. I'm still learning every day. Well, one name you bring, speaking of those relationships, the name that you bring up and you, you talk about a bit, and I just love because we all know her as Jennifer Dorian. And I just love the um, one that you, you celebrate because she's just an awesome, incredible, amazing person um, and, and, and many levels. But um, I love that you celebrate what she's done for you. But so talk a little bit about that. What has someone like Jennifer Dorian, what was, what is it that she just unlocked within you and your potential? 
Well, first of all, I mean, she's just an amazing person. So as an individual, I remember when I first started at Turner as an intern in marketing, there was the marketing department and then there was the brand group. And the brand group was Jennifer and one other person for that network at that time. And I had no idea what they did. They were like a super secret SWAT team of awesomeness that, you know, got to help define a lot of the foundational work that the brand was built on. So at the time it was TNT, they created We Know Drama and what that meant and the types of content that we would want to acquire based on this brand position. And it was a very different way to see the world. And I'll never forget my first informational meeting with her. I was like, who are you and what do you do? And when she explained what brand strategy was as kind of the, the category, the foundation that everything is based upon. So if you look at it as like an arc, like we're the blueprint and all the network and all the pieces are built on top of it. And she gave the example of, you know, imagine TNT was in an airport and we were going to create an experience. What would that experience be? So the creative part of me was so excited. I'm like, oh my God, I have no idea. What would a TNT store look like in the airport? What would you sell? What would you do there? And I was like, I love that. So my, my strategic and creative brain was already like firing on all cylinders because it was so intriguing to me. And I didn't understand or know marketing in that way. And so I was like, oh my God, I want to work for you. She was like, everyone wants to work for me, which was the truth. And she didn't mean it in a weird way at all. And, you know, over time we t- I talked to her about it. She laughs and she was like, well, you ended up working for me. So you know, it was good. Um, but I, I almost felt like I learned what I wanted to do next in my first conversation with her. So I ended up going to graduate school in London and focusing on brand strategy because I wanted to know more and learn more. I would ask her for book recommendations. And she, too, I feel is a very authentic leader. She's very much who she is. She's driven. She's w- wicked smart. And I've learned more through just how to lead, how to work with people, how to build presentations, how to approach business from her more so than probably any other person I've worked for directly at that stage in my career. And so over time, what I am most appreciative of is it's grown from a mentorship to a friendship, still always a mentorship situation. But, you know, we spoke last week. She was doing amazing work around Mm -hmm. voting and different initiatives and partnered and helped, you know, as much as we could to get that word out, to get as many people in the state of Georgia out to vote. And so just her passion and energy for everything that she does is infectious. Well, I, you know, one of the things you pick pick up from the book is the impact that she made and, and, and sort of thinking about your career. The big question that comes out of it to me is, so what's, what's next? And actually I'm going to read this quote from the book. You say, and I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up and I'm quite okay with that. Um, just for a moment, talk about why you're okay with that. Um, but I'd love for you to, you know, you think about your, 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 uh, next five, 10 years, I'm sure a little bit. What do you, what do you think the world down the road, uh, has in store for you? Oh, Jeff. (laughs) Oh, Jeff. Um, you know, it's a great question. And I really think that, first of all, I was going to have a tagline for this book called how to pivot when you don't know what you want to be when you grow up. Mm -hmm. And, and actually working with Jennifer and some other folks, it was a, for some people that are unsure, it's the most amazing tagline everyone want. You would absolutely want to read the book. If you're a seasoned professional who's a CMO, you may read that as, you know, flip, like, oh, you don't know. It's just an accident. You just happen to stumble upon this role. And by reading the book, I think you can 
figure out directions either way. And so there's a reason why I took that off as the tagline, but it absolutely applies to my life. Those guiding principles are the ways that I have driven my career to date. And so when I truly say any opportunity that comes my way, I hold them up to those five guiding principles and it will inform me if this is a direction that I should explore or not. And so I truly believe that whenever I can do something in my sleep, I no longer need to be there. And so at some point, I can't say that this ever happened with the Hawks since I've been there because my role has shifted. The business has shifted. We've launched new leagues, new teams. Now COVID has happened. And so our entire world is shifting. So I feel like the lessons and the knowledge are still coming literally every day as we speak right now and entering the start of a new season. Um, And so I feel like I am still in a learning place. After that, I truly, I'm open and it sounds so crazy, but if an opportunity comes my way and someone says, hey, we'd love for you to teach a class at at Emory, be a tenured professor, if it matched up with my guiding principles, I would consider it. And so one of the things that I learned early in my career is always have a conversation because you never know where it may lead. It could just be a relationship, but you never know. And I am a woman of faith and I truly believe that you know, God has ordered my steps in everywhere that I've been. And so I believe that whenever that next step comes and shows itself, I will know that that's the right place for me. Yeah. Well, that's evident from your, from your book that you're open, which I think is, I really do think it's such a, a good um, philosophy for people to have because you've not only been open, but you've also been driven. And I think you can do both of those things. Um, and so my, my last question for you is simply, uh, you're going to write more books. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> come Written on, I'm done, Jeff. It's over. No, you know, it's funny. Cause I decided I wanted to write this book for my daughter. So I, as soon as I checked the box, that was the next question. I'm like, I just finished the book. <laughs> my goal was not to be an author, but I feel like whenever I have something else to say, then I would absolutely be open to it. So say my next role is CEO and it could be like, Hey, from ball girl to CEO is like, okay, maybe in that context and talking about the experience that I've had now and how my world or my professional life or the lessons that I've learned making that transition, I would be open to it, but I don't think I would write one because I want to check a box and write another Mm. book. There needs to be authentic. It has to be, there has to be a reason. So I don't know. I'll answer your question with, I don't know. I can't say no. Never say uh, never. I've well, for that. now, we will we will plug like this book like crazy, <laughs> and um, you know, and, and by the and by the way, first of all, I, I think uh, I was going to say earlier, you know, Jeff and I had this conversation about this concept I love talking about, which is confusion tolerance, and and you are as confusion tolerant mm-hmm. in, in a positive way as anybody else, and I love that your ability to lean into, you know, what I'll pivot to where it's going to pivot because it's the right place to pivot at the right time. I think it's just the definition of confusion tolerance. We should merge that with that show, Jeff, because yeah. I mean, she is. She I is. love that. We, it's funny. We talk about that internally. We call it the ability to play in the gray. And yeah. so many times in my career, it's there are people who thrive on having a blank sheet of paper and not knowing what direction to take, but can build the plane while in the air. And there are a bulk more people who need black and white direction. Like, tell me exactly where you want me to go and I will go there. But if, I don't have the clear instruction that I can't do that. And I think my career, and I really believe a lot of it has to do with my artistic background and creative background that lends itself to being completely okay with that. I have no issue whatsoever 
with the not knowing. And every now and then you, I'm still type A at the same time. So I'm like, I need a list. What's my to do? What's my next thing? Building a process. But I do think it's the balance between the two, that duality that drives me. Well, well, I'll tell you what, and by the way, if, if as people read the book, one thing that we did not get uh, time to discuss, which we t- talked to in our, our, our last chat is I'm a former Florida kid as well and was in central Florida when Hurricane Andrew occurred. And when I found out that Melissa was there during a category five storm and lived through a cat five storm, that section of the book alone <laughs> is worth the book. And of course, you know, the story it's just it's pretty amazing but melissa i mean thanks for for being here it's from ball girl to cmo hopefully it's not inverted on my screen but uh you know we're fine to make sure you check it out there's a, a lot of good stuff in this book um i think there's and as you can see here these 30 minutes uh, melissa i mean this is stuff we didn't even cover in disruptor studio so there's <laughs> another book in you for sure there's a hey, lot of stuff going know. on so you know we'll we'll keep working you and you know we'll, you know our fees aren't that high <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll do, we'll do nothing. We'll do nothing but encourage you. But our fees aren't that high. You know, we, we um, can write our next book on innovation together. It's there awesome. we go. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, there's there's something there. So and I'm sure we'll have you back because you're definitely a, a friend first and definitely friend of the show um, as well. And, and make sure you also listen into Disruptor Studio with um, uh, that we had with Melissa. We'll put a link there because at the end of it, and I think we spent over an hour together, um, Melissa also talks about her favorite restaurants and shows and a few other yes. personal tidbits. So you want to make sure you listen to the whole thing, um, but definitely get the book. And so Melissa, once again, thanks for joining us. You're a great, great friend. We always love uh, talking to you on or off the air. So, so thanks for being on the Jeff and Alex podcast. Well, thanks for having me. If anyone's interested in the book, they can check it out on my website, melissamproctor.com or follow me on Instagram at melissamproctor. And I and we'll, appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Thank you. Awesome. All right. That was a Melissa Proctor here in the Jeff and Alex podcast. Whew, Jeff, I just, I just, I just miss being around people. I, I, know. I just, oh man, it just, <laughs> but she's such a great friend, such a great person. And I'm like, uh, yeah, and you take for granted. I tell you what, you take for granted those moments we've had where you know, like the three of us in a corner, it's after some meeting, just chatting. I will never take those things for granted again when when we start <laughs> get to start interacting again. No kidding. And you 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 know you talked about it on this uh, interview. Her approachability. Um, you know, it's just like you just want to sit and chat. And I know both of us could have gone for another half hour easily, but it was just great to see her and be a part of that. And yeah, maybe one day we'll do one in person with her. Absolutely. So, so once again, I know we mentioned it before, but make sure you get her book um, from Ball Girl to CMO. We'll have a, a link in our show notes. Make sure you also check out her uh, interview with uh, with me on Disruptor Studio um, and uh, check that out as well too. Um, and while you're at it, go ahead and you know make sure you follow us here on the Jeff and Alex podcast on YouTube and also on your favorite podcast platform. We'll be coming back with more discussions, chats, and and great um, great. Uh, chats with our friends, frankly. So uh, thanks for joining us. See you soon, Jeff. Yep. I'll see you soon.